Okay. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Solidarity Speaks, our uh, podcast this, uh, this afternoon. We are talking to Deb Gambino with the Department of Health and Human Services uh, and also the chair of the Child Advocacy Network in Monroe County. And we're talking pinwheels. Welcome, Deb. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about um, what the uh, pinwheel represents and what we're doing here in Monroe County to, uh, to make sure that uh, we're getting that message out. Well, the pinwheel is um, actually a symbol that was created as the symbol to prevent child abuse and neglect uh, by the American, um, the Child Abuse of America Council. And it was established in 2008 that they wanted to do this pinwheels for prevention um, events nationwide. And they use the pinwheel because it's just a really good, joyful representation of a really happy, healthy childhood. And if you've ever seen a child with a pinwheel, um, which we got to do today at one of our events, uh, they're clearly just brings out their joy um, and their childlikeness. And you can see their eyes light up. And so it really is a beautiful symbol of a healthy, healthy, happy childhood. Absolutely. So uh, this morning we started out in Dundee and then this afternoon uh, we were just at uh, Sterling Elementary and Airport and there were there were quite a few heavy hitters out there. And, uh, um, you know, the, the kids that, uh, were able to participate. And I know, I think we're, we're kind of in a, a, a time that, uh, we're trying to be as careful as we can. Um, tell me a little bit about how we're, how we're managing to get our, our message out, right. Our Amer awareness message and still make sure that everybody's, uh, stays healthy and safe. Well, CTF is the Children's Trust Fund, and they're the ones that organize the pinwheel events here in Michigan on a state level. And last year, because of the pandemic, they um, basically we didn't do any events. And um, because it, it was really hard because we shut down right before we usually have those events. And so this year we were really strategic about how to do those safely. Um, we were doing them outside. Everyone was wearing their masks. Um, but it was so important that we continue to get the word out about preventing abuse and neglect um, to our entire community. And it's a bit of an awareness campaign, but I also want to um, say that it's a way to acknowledge the people who contribute to what we do in the community, um, because all of these people coming together to these events, we get to share with them how they're part of the process, how their, their work in their community uh, at school levels, at district levels, um, administrations, uh, count, councils, uh, superintendent boards, all of these different programs and, and groups in our community play a part in preventing abuse and neglect. And getting everyone together is also a way to acknowledge their role in what we do and uh, thank them. And uh, we got to have that opportunity today um, at Sterling Elementary with the people who are there, just making sure they know like what they do really does prevent abuse and neglect and it makes a difference. And it's nice to be able to do that as well as spread the awareness of the concern at, at as, as a whole. So how do we engage like uh, local um, uh, governmental groups? Do, are, are we able to get those folks engaged? Do, do, do they help us with anything? We do have um, representatives uh, 
from different councilmen and things like that that come to our board occasionally. But at this time of year, getting the word out and having um, the city council, the county council directors, the, they, the school boards, a lot of them are doing resolutions, uh, sort of declaring to their groups that April is the month of the child and, and pinwheels for prevention month. And those resolutions talk about um, the strengthening families efforts that our communities do to try and create those healthy parents and healthy communities to create happy, healthy kids. So they really cool, very cool. Getting that word out. And then again, showing the community how they play a part in preventing abuse and neglect as a whole. So in Monroe County, uh, how do we get that awareness out? I I know we talked about uh, Dundee and airport. uh, We were planning pinwheels with kids, but but is there some message that goes out? I mean, is it posted somewhere? How, how do we how do we get that message to the community? Well, the Child Advocacy Network, we do have a Facebook page that we use to get the word out. Um, we send out uh, information to the media so that they can attend these events and gather information and put those in the newspapers or on the radio uh, to, again, spread the word in the community. And um, we have our website that we talk about And then uh, Children's Trust Fund has a a website for the statewide campaign as well. And they get a lot of um, word out at at their level as well. Okay. And the, uh, um, if somebody's driving by one of these, uh, one of these pinwheel plantings, is there some uh, communication there that as they're driving by, they would be able to see, is there a sign or something? Every, every pinwheel planting does have a sign that talks about the number that you would call if you were to suspect child abuse and neglect is happening. And that number um, gets out on all of the campaign posters. It also is on the websites and on the Facebook pages so that people know if they see something, they should say something. Um, I say that a lot. If you have concerns, um, there's a reason why people have concerns and that it's, it's okay to call with those concerns because um, that is how we, we show we care. A lot of people say they don't want to, you know, get involved with an abuse neglect concern or they don't want to put their foot in or butt in. But we really butt in with people we care about all the time. If we had a friend that we thought was making a bad decision, we would say something. You know, we'd butt in because we care. And um, that's how we as a community show that we care for our kids. If you see something that really concerns you, you call that number and you let someone know, and then protective services can go check on that child and make sure things are okay. And if they're not okay, that we can um, use the resources in our community to fix those problems. You know, Children's Protective Services really puts a lot of effort into making healthier families, even if we have concerns, um, getting people substance abuse counseling, getting them housing assistance, getting them food assistance, getting them mental health assistance. And as a community, we can really help them as Children's Protective Services can really help connect families with the support they need to make for a healthier household. And that's their primary concern. I know some people think that Children's Protective Services will, you know, if there's a real problem, they'll just remove a kid. But that's our our last resort. Uh, We really prefer to make for for a healthier family, get that family what they need to address the concerns and um, make things better because a child really is better off being with their family, if at all possible. If we can make things safe there and healthier there, that is always our goal. 
So um, that's another thing I like to get out is the reason why we want you to call is, is not to catch people, but it's to help people. That is our, that is our number one goal is to, to help these families and help these children um, get what they need to be healthy and happy. Yeah, it, it's great that we have a safety net that that we can provide services to families because quite often, um, you know, and, and maybe even during the pandemic, uh, you know, we, we have all whole families in a house for a very, very long time, um, you know, trying to be as safe as they can. And that that puts a lot of stress on on a family and perhaps uh, maybe even there's some some unemployment going on and people are struggling and, you know, we, we tend to make not as great a decision, right? Uh, if we're if we're under stress and and that may result in some physical or verbal altercation, and uh, it's really great that we have these resources uh, that you mentioned in order to help families. That that's incredibly important. For sure, and I think that Monroe County as a community has really stepped up during this time of stress and need for our for our community families. Um, you know, the substance abuse treatments was still going on. Like there, all of these things, uh, community mental health was still meeting with people. Like people are making things work uh, throughout the pandemic to make sure that families still have what they need. And that's not an easy task. Um, I've been really impressed with the partners in the community that, that our resources for our families just kept going and figuring out how to do a food pantry safely figuring out how to do that fam um, shelters, you know, making sure the shelters are still working, even though there's all these additional precautions they had to make happen. And um, the community has really stepped up during this time of stress and been there for our families. And I'm happy to report that even though we had this pandemic going down, um, going on, this is the third year in a row we've had a decline in substantiated abuse and neglect cases in the county. And um, I really do believe that it's the, the community resources, these programs in our community that are making that possible. The extra efforts people are putting in to prevent substance abuse, to deal with mental health, uh, to spread the word about trauma and how to treat people who might've been traumatized and how some of their behaviors that, that they struggle with are things that we can support them through if we're a little bit more understanding. Um, one of the phrases I like to use is you don't have to understand to be understanding. You know, you don't have to know someone's in and out and have been there yourself to just be a little bit more patient and understanding with people and um, support them in any way you can. And as I said, I, I really do feel like the community has stepped up and um, they should be taking a lot of pride in what they're doing and that it is making a difference. And we have been seeing a decline in abuse and neglect in the county. Wow, that's that's great. I, I it's surprising uh, based on the world that uh, well that we're currently living in or uh, over the past year that we've actually seen a decline in um, child abuse and neglect. And uh, I, I don't know if you have any statistics I it, in regard to that, but uh, boy, those would be great to know. Yeah. Um this last year in 2020, we had uh, 887 complaints of abuse and neglect in the county, um, which again is a decline for the third year in a row. 194 of those cases, there was some kind of abuse or neglect confirmed in the house. And um, of those cases, 290 um, child 
child victims were involved in those homes of the 194 cases. Um, and that is also a decline over the last three years. And um, my, my most proud thing to report, because I happen to also be a foster care supervisor with Department of Health and Human Services, is that um, in the last three years, we have cut the number of kids in foster care in half. So we've gone from having over 200 kids in foster care to now we have just under 100 kids in foster care. And foster care is a legal status. It doesn't necessarily mean they're in a foster home. Some of these kids are with family members because they can't be with their parents safely or they're in foster homes. But um, it's just really great to see that number decline. And a lot of those kids have gone home to healthier families after getting services. And um, those are really proud moments for foster care is to see sort of things come full circle where CPS finds a problem in a home and um, it's a problem that's serious enough that we can't leave that child safely there. Uh, but to have foster care process where we get that family additional services and we really work with those parents to get what they need to get healthy, to have some of those success stories where kids go back to those families and they're back with their parents and the, the family's made whole again is just really beautiful. And um, every time it happens, I'm really, really excited. And so it's nice to just say that that's been happening and uh, let the community know it's been happening because it's exciting news. Absolutely. That, that's great news. I, I remember not that awful long ago, we were talking about the fact that uh, we were sending some of our kids outside of the county because we didn't have enough um, spots for them, whether with a, with a family member or with an actual um, home uh, that, that we could put a child in and they were going to Wayne County or wherever. And uh, th that's great news that uh, we're reducing that and trying to keep them as close as we possibly can, right? For sure. And there's, there's always a need for those additional foster parents. Um, so, you know, while I have someone's ear, I always say, if you have any interest in becoming a foster parent, there's always a need in the community. And that is because some of our wonderful foster parents um, who do such a great job a lot of the times, if a child can't go home, they, they keep that child with them and they adopt. And that means that we have sort of a natural loss of foster parents through that process where maybe they don't, maybe the first few kids do go home, but maybe that next kid doesn't. And then their home is full and they've adopted. And so we lose them through that process. So I always uh, use these kinds of opportunities if, if anyone's interested to contact DHS um, because we would love to, to talk with them about it and uh, answer any questions they have. I know a lot of people are nervous about taking on that kind of commitment and what it would look like. And uh, we have some great licensing, uh, licensing workers that would talk to them about the process and, and uh, ease their mind. Very good, very good. Um, I, I know we really didn't discuss this uh, prior to, but I, I know that there's been so much activity in Monroe County, um, whether it's been uh, driven by Amy Zarend or Laura Pipus, I know there's been uh, significant, significant amounts of training for adverse childhood um, experiences training, ACEs. And, uh, you know, those are, I, I'm, I'm sure that, that all of this, right, we're, we're scaffolding all of the things that we're doing to try and reduce uh, abuse and neglect. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you can speak to ACEs at all, but I, I just... There, there are some really cool things I think we're doing as a, as a county uh, to, to address um, any needs that we possibly can to make it a healthy place to live. For sure. Um, well, the adverse childhood experiences 
are literally that, you know, it's something that they did a lot of research on. And about 20 years ago, they started uh, compiling research from all over the country of all of these different people from different walks of life and races. And, and, and they were finding sort of some themes of people who have health problems of, of all kinds, uh, mental health problems, physical health problems, um, early death. Um, and they were finding these early childhood experiences that the more that you had, um, it, the more chances you had of having some of these these health problems. And it was so interesting to people that they started doing even more research and really putting together the puzzle pieces. And what we're finding is, is that that is just the truth overall, is that the, the more of these adverse childhood experiences, and some examples would be some kind of abuse or neglect or um, uh, mental health of a parent and uh, domestic violence in the home, uh, those kinds of things, uh, the more of those you have in your household, some of some of your health is affected in the long term. And the the concern is that a lot of the times we realize that someone had a childhood that was difficult and that makes them have difficulty as adults, but people don't really know how to interact with them or how to help them. And so that's where the strengthening families concepts come in and building resilience. And that's another part of it. There's identifying people with ACEs and with child, you know, adverse childhood experiences, but then there's the strengthening family side of things that combats that. And as a community, we can really all play a part in strengthening families through these techniques. And um, they, they do the, the hand so I, you know, I know this is the radio, but I'll, I'll talk about it is the, the hand, each finger on the hand represents one of the five protective factors. And I like to teach people them this way because it helps people remember. And so the pinky is concrete supports in time of need. And that's when you're feeling small and, and you're struggling for food or just something basic. The pinky is the reminder that concrete help, helping someone with a meal or um, getting them food or getting them a ride. You know, these are big deal things that that give them support. Uh, the next is the ring finger and that's um, resilient in the parents. And that is um, a commitment. You know, the ring on the ring finger is a commitment. It's committing to yourself and your your personal health so that you can be a healthier parent. Uh, so that commitment to a healthy self for a healthier family and therefore healthier kids. That's the, the ring finger. Uh, the middle finger is connections to family um, supports and community networks. And that's because the middle finger, of course, should never stand alone or it's come, you know, offensive. It's a way to remember it. Uh, everyone needs uh, a community to, to be around them. And the pointer finger is understanding um, parental skills as well as child development. It's amazing how much teaching people what's normal for kids helps them be better parents that it's normal that some kids aren't potty trained until they're like four years old. You know, that it's normal that uh, an eight-year-old cries when they're doing their remote learning and they're discouraged. There's certain normal things that if you know it's normal, you don't stress out about it as much and, you know, you don't overreact. And some of the, um, once they know, they, they can act better and they know that it, not to worry about it, not to stress out about it. And it's also the pointer finger because you're your child's first teacher. Um, that's, that's why they use the pointer finger. And then the, the thumb is emotional competency. Uh, and that's because the thumbs up is the first way we kind of can express 
we learn to express ourselves. Um, emotional competency is important for kids and for parents. Being able to identify your feelings and kind of talk about them, that builds resiliency. So those are those five uh, protective factors that build resiliency in our families and our kids. And um, everyone can play a part in those. They're not super complicated. And everyone in the community, if they play a part in coming around the families that they have contact with and the kids they have contact with, it goes a long way to protecting everyone. That's awesome. Deb, I, I wanna thank you for taking your time today to talk to us about uh, Pinwheels for Prevention and what we're doing here in Monroe County. And I wanna thank you for, uh, thank you and uh, Child Advocacy Network in Monroe County uh, for, for heading up and spearheading the uh, the pinwheels for prevention and getting that awareness message out. So thank you for taking your time. Um, any parting thoughts? No, I just, uh, everyone go out and play your part. And if you see something, say something. Thanks, Deb. The Monroe Lenaway FLCIO and the United Way of Monroe and Lenaway counties uh, want to thank you for taking your time and you have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.